Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. This is Jerry Galloway, and I'm the pastor of LHA Church. Thanks for joining us today. I pray this blesses you, strengthens your faith to know that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. I'm talking about that we're called to be conquerors, and, and I got three areas that we're called to be conquerors in, but I'm not going to get to that till the end of the message, okay? And so I'm gonna, we're going to walk a journey before we get to our main points. Is that all right? Is that all right today? I promise you by two o'clock, you will be out of here. And, and so, listen, I, I'm trying to take four weeks of sermons and do it at one. So I have two o'clock should be plenty of time. And, uh, and so, uh, but anyway, and so uh, let's start in Mark chapter four, verses 35 to 41. And it's, it's so funny because uh, today, no, they didn't, nobody up here knew what I was preaching on, but I heard references today um, to this and talking about the storm. I don't know if you guys heard it, winds and waves. I don't know if you guys heard it or not, but you'll see here in a second. Uh, but Mark 4, 35 through 41, it says that the day, uh, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him, they took him along just as he was in the boat. Uh, There there were also other boats with them. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Wow. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Can I tell you something right now? I'm just going to stop right there. I think there's a lot of people now that are looking at everything around them, and they're crying out, Jesus, don't you see what's going on? Are you serious, Jesus? Do you see what they're doing? Look what's happening over there. Jesus, do you not care if we're destroyed, if we're drowned? Come on, you guys know what I'm saying? And, and people are saying, them, and they're just like, man, what? look at what's going on. And, and, and Jesus is sleeping on a cushion. So, listen, he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? He was like, why in the world are you still afraid? Haven't you been walking with me and seeing who I am? You know who I am. Haven't you been walking with me and and seeing the miracles and seeing that I am the Son of God? Why are you still so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Do you still have no faith? Now, we look at that, and, and it's a journey because The disciples went through a journey just like each and every one of us as God's children are called to a journey. And that journey's end is that we are called to conquer. That would have been a great place to say amen. Amen. Listen, the journey's end is that we are called to be conquerors. We are not called to just be little sheep in a pen. We were called out by God for his kingdom to conquer the world. That's who we are. And we see the journey 
of the disciples because it's pretty cool. You see where they are at, where they are at at that point. It kind of gives you encouragement because how many sometimes have been a little bit upset with yourself where you're at with your walk and you're like, oh, come on. Come on. How many talk to yourself like that and say, come on. There's sometimes I'll say, come on, Jeremy. You know better than that. Come on. Straighten up. Straighten up. And we see this journey that the disciples had taken, because I'm not going to go through the entire journey of the disciples' lives here, and because it would be 3 o'clock if I did that. Um, but we know the story. We know the process of what the disciples saw, what they walked through. And you saw disciples that still, even though they saw and heard, their faith was still just not there. They still weren't understanding just who their God was. And now, and as you look and, and see the progression and see as their faith builds and they begin to understand, man, we're called to be conquerors. We're called to be conquerors. What you see is they went from that being scaredy cats and, and, and thinking that they're going to die and there's no hope and all that. They went from that to almost all of them gave their life for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And they conquered. We are called to be conquerors. We are called to be conquerors. And so I want to take a look through Romans chapter 8, because Romans chapter 8 has a lot of really good nuggets. How many like nuggets? I'm not talking about chicken nuggets, but, but you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about like those nuggets, like, oh, man, that's good. But how many like chicken nuggets, too? Okay. And so, and so we eat those nuggets out there that are just good. And Romans chapter Eight has some, some really good nuggets in, and I'm going to kind of focus on, highlight three of those nuggets. Um, Romans chapter 8 is kind of giving those nuggets of letting us know a big picture, a big picture of what we're going to face, who he is, we don't have to worry, and although all this is going on, hardships, and they're going to try to kill you, and all this kind of stuff, it's going to be okay, because what can they do to you if I'm for you? And so this Roman chapter 8 kind of walks us through that journey, and it's a cool journey. So I'm going to walk through that journey, and then I'm going to actually get to my main points, okay? All right, so here we go. Here we go in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It says this, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. So listen, God works for the good for those who love him. That scripture does not say that everything we experience is going to be good. It doesn't say that at all. It doesn't say that everything's going to be good. Can I tell you, over the last 20-something years uh, that I've been in ministry, <laughs> it's getting up there. Last 25 years that I've been in full-time ministry, I can't tell you how many people have come up to me after they give their hearts to the Lord and like, oh my goodness, Pastor Jeremy, this is hard. Man, it seems like, it seems like ever since I gave my heart to the Lord that all these problems came up. All these things began to happen. All this began to happen. All this began to happen. And we've got to remember what the Word of God teaches us. The Word of God teaches us when we're called by His name, we're called 
to become warriors for his kingdom. We're called. Now, with that, there's incredible blessing because of the forgiveness of sin and all the promises that come along with serving our God. But we've got to understand and know that when we come to Christ, that he has called us to forsake everything else, to leave everything else behind and follow him. That can be difficult. And that's what a lot of people who give their heart to the Lord, when they begin knowing that and sensing that, oh my goodness, this is a complete life change. This is difficult. This is hard. But God has called us to that life because, number one, he knows 100%. He not only knows, but his purpose for us here is the best life that we can ever live. And he knows that his ways are the right way. He knows that his ways are the one that are going to bring true faith, that are going to bring true freedom, that are going to bring true joy to your life. And so we know this, that number one, not everything is going to be good. Not everything is going to be good. But God has the power to bring good to every single thing that comes our way. God has the power to bring good to everything we face. There's people out there today that have been through horrible things, tragedies. And I can tell you something. When I look and I say, well, God, I said, when, when, I, when I can answer this question, well, how can I reflect this and put this on my life? How can I reflect uh, what the scripture says. And I can tell you, I feel at this point in this time in my life that I am more equipped to share the gospel than what I ever have been in my entire life because of what I've been through and what I've seen and tragedies that have come my way. I now can understand things that I never could understand before. And God can take something that was devastating to you and he can bless you and use you to minister to other people, to help them through the process. And, and I can't tell you how many times I've been on phone calls um, with people who tragically lose a loved one just like that. And it's a shock, and, and it's just this, and I understand that, and I know what that feels like. And I can't tell you how many times that I have been able to help people through Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, so God took something that was a tragedy in my life, and he turned it to good. It doesn't matter what it is. His will and his purpose in this life is that he is going to work things for good for those who love him, for those who call out his name, for those who are his. He's going to do it. Then that's what he's saying. Just hold on. This is the journey. This is what we're talking about. He's telling us. He's saying. He's preparing us. Listen, it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to work it out. Just trust me. Just hold my hand. Just trust me, I'm going to work it out. And then you go and you move on to, to Romans uh, 8, verses 31 through 35, and it says this. Once again, one of those nugget scriptures in verse 31. And it says this. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, finish it. There we go. So we know that if God is for us, who could be against us? So number one, he's saying, hey, I work out everything good for those who love me. 
everything, listen, all, all turn into good, no matter what the enemy has meant to destroy, to bring death, I am going to bring it to good. And then he goes and he says, uh, what, do we, what do we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And I love the, the, the verses right after this, and it goes, he who did not spare his own son. If he didn't spare his own son while we were yet sinners, why in the world would he abandon us now? Why in the world would he walk away from us now? And that's what this scripture is saying. This is exactly what he was saying. Listen, if God's for you, no one could be against you. Listen, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, he will not, he will, sorry, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring a charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. We then, who, sorry, man, I am like reading really bad today. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Who? And even says, and the next verse says, all day we go on facing death and, and this. Who? But who can? Who? Who? Listen, he is walking this journey with us. And he's letting us know that I am there. I am with you. And he's giving us these promises to hold on to. Because if we're going to be a conqueror, then we have to believe. Those disciples were not able to conquer that situation at that moment in time. Because they had not come to the place where they fully believed. And that's what Jesus questioned them. And it, he actually scolded them. He actually said, where's your faith? Where's it at? Don't you understand what you can do when you believe? Don't you understand the power? I'm going to show you. Be still. Be quiet. He didn't pray two and a half hours before it finally happened. Calm down. Be still. So he showed them, when you believe, you're a conqueror over all things. Over all the storms in life. It doesn't matter what it is. You're a conqueror because of that, because of him. He is showing us that, listen, I made a way. I made a way for each and every one of us. Each, each and every one of us. He made a way. For us to do this, to conquer, to overcome. Hallelujah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the next one because I'm afraid I'm going to take too long. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 37 through 39. And once again, like I said, I don't know if you guys realize how many of these nugget scriptures that are in Romans chapter 8. Because a lot of these, these are very common that people stand on and hold on. And it's, there's no accident because uh, God was setting a pattern right here in Romans chapter 8, showing us who he was and that we could be conquerors. And it says, no, and he's just talked about all this stuff, and he says, no, and all these things. Everybody say, all these things. All these things. 
Everybody say everything. everything. Says no in all these things. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God and Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, he's setting this up. He is covering every last basis there is. No, the devil can't do nothing. Nothing, no famine, no sickness, no death, nothing, nothing can separate us from his love, from his ability to make us conquerors in this world. Nothing can stop that. Nothing can stop it. So he lays out this pattern through Romans 8 showing us just who we are and went overboard. Through it, I didn't even read all the scriptures that's talking over and over again, talking about this, 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 and this. It can't stop you. It won't. No, don't. This isn't going to hurt you. This is going to. Nothing. 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 But we are conquerors. We are conquerors. We are called to conquer. Bottom line. Now, I want to get into the three areas that I want to talk about today are where God has called us to conquer. And this, the three areas are pretty much everything, are pretty much everything. Because, I'm trying to say how I want to say this, I don't want to, yeah, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Listen, there was a time that we just saw and read where Jesus had to rebuke his disciples and say, wake up, wake up. I've been alive long enough that I've seen a time and grew up in a time to where the army of God and the children of God influenced everything around them. I've been alive long enough to see government, education, all of those things completely influenced by God's children and by his ways. I've seen it. But I've also been around long enough to see our influence diminish. I've been around long enough to see those who are called to be conquerors step back and step back and step back. Well, I don't want to offend nobody. Step back. Step back. To the point to where we are no longer fulfilling our godly destiny and as men and women of God to be conquerors in this earth. I've seen it. I've seen it. So what are these three areas that God is saying once again, stand up, wake up, 
and once again begin to conquer these areas. Once again, begin to influence and be an influence in these areas. The first one is this, is culture. It's not working. Cameron. This is a really good slide, too. So we'll just pretend there's a, a really cool slide up there that says culture, okay? So the first one is this, is culture. When I'm talking about culture, I'm talking about the world. And culture, the world. God has called us to be conquerors and influencers in the world. And when we begin to think about that, well, what, what all does that mean? Where all does that um, I'm not allowed to come down here, am I? With, can, I, can you guys still see me on the camera? All right. Yeah. I got strict rules with pastor. But, uh, <laughs> and we're good. All right. You got, the, you got the slides? I had a thumbs up for something. I don't know what it was. Uh, but anyway, so, so listen. So when we begin to talk about culture, we begin to talk about the many different avenues of culture. We began to talk about uh, different things. All right, uh, Keenan, can you come stand up here, please? All right, Mike, can you come up here, too? And just stand and just face. All right, Ford, come on over. I'm just going to pick on three of them today. So at one time, like I said, at one time, the church had influence in every aspect of our culture, all the way from the first one, we'll just, we'll use Ford because um, it's, he's actually, he's got a doctorate, right? You got a doctorate degree? Associates. Associates. Oh, okay. <laughs> and one of those areas is education. It used to be that God's message was entwined in the very fabric of our education system. And then you start seeing a battle, and you start seeing uh, prayer being taken out of school. You start seeing um, all this all the way to the point now to where it's not just taking prayer out of school, but we're seeing indoctrination of an evil, evil teachings come to our school. Evil teachings that have said, listen, can I just be real today? Can I, can I just be real today? Can I be real today? Listen, just this last week, a young man was... Uh, suspended from school because he refused to uh, talk to somebody in the pronoun that they wanted to be talked to as. And he says, I can't do that because I I just can't do it. I know it's not right, and I can't do that. Was suspended for school because he can, listen, it is time that we as God's people know that we are conquerors, and we once again, here, would you guys spread out? Just kind of spread out. <laughs> kind of spread out. So what, there we go, once again. So when you kind of look at this, because at one time, the church, we were spread out. We were, we were just kind of laid over society and the culture, and God's message was, was in the school system, God's message was um, all through the place. Now, listen, at one time, at one time in our education system, the school would not do anything on Wednesday nights. 
And you know why? Because all the churches had a midweek service. No practices, no games, nothing. Now they schedule things on Sundays. Why? Because we've lost our influence. We've lost our influence. But I want to tell you, and I want to say hope in this, uh, is this. I don't care how far it's gone. It is not too big for God. When God's people stand out, watch out. When God's people stand up, watch out. When we rise up and begin to live for the kingdom of God as God has called us, watch out. Because there's nothing, no storm, nothing can stop God. Nothing. But God wants us and chooses us to begin to go and to do this. And once again, uh, be a part of our education. Stand up. Instead of just saying nothing, Stand up for what we know is ungodly. Stand up for what we know is totally against God's plan. If God's plan of righteousness, stand up. It might mean that God's people need to begin to start running for school board again. Do you hear what I'm saying? We are called to conquer. We've got, we can't just sit back anymore. We can't sit back. We're called to go in the power of God. And influence the culture. Influence all of the things that come with the culture. So we had education. I'm going to save government for last. That's the good one right there. So I'm going to save government for you. Okay. Listen. So listen. What about entertainment? Have you seen, for those who are, who's still alive? that has seen the night and day difference from the time when I was a child till now when it comes to entertainment. You know, it used to be back when I was growing up, it's like you don't go to movies because that was at that time the only place that was even starting to show nudity and different things like that. Now it's everywhere. It is everywhere. Where? Listen, we as God's people, we can stand up in the power of God, and we can even conquer. We can even conquer entertainment. Do you believe that? We did at one time. Do you believe that? That we can have such a revival and such a revival of God's ways that people find out that they're not making money anymore from making those kind of movies and putting those kind of songs out that they can't, they're not, and it's all about money to them. And so they're going to find out that as God's people rise up and revival comes and sweeps the nation that they can't make any money with that filth anymore. So guess what they're going to do? A lot of them are going to get saved really fast. <laughs> Do you guys hear what I'm saying? Do you believe me? Do you believe what I'm saying? It's the truth, 100%. And God's called us to be a part of all of that. To be, you know, I, Sister Paula, I know your Sister Paula is, like, incredibly talented, by the way, music-wise, painting. And she just did a portrait of me that's for sale, right? Yes, and so, and so in the office there, and, and, it was just, and it's really good. And so, but 
I mean, a thousand, a thousand, okay, a thousand dollars if anybody wants that. Um, but, but Sister Paula, um, you know, it breaks my heart all the time because how many times have you heard people that are in the world that are putting out music and songs that are just nothing but filth and sex-filled, how many times have you heard that their beginning was singing in church? The enemy stole them. They have God-given talents that were meant for God. And once again, we've got to begin to raise up a generation and a people that says, no, I'm not going to use my talents for this. I'm not going to use, God gave me these talents and I'm going to use my talents for this. Listen, I would say most of the people that you see today, most of, I mean, over and over and over again, they all say, Oh, yeah, we started in church. The Jonas Brothers, they're all worship leaders. Led worship in the Assembly of God Church. Their dad pastored. You guys know who the Jonas Brothers are? Yeah, it's, I, know, I know Harold does it, but I'll tell you who they are afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> we can be the influencers. We're called to be the influencers. All right, I'm going go to I'm gonna go over here. Because I'm, I'm like, I don't know if I'll get by, done by two now, but government. Oh, don't talk about government. <laughs> Listen, I was uh, talking with Pastor this last weekend. We were just talking about the, the subject of, um, you know, the government and stuff. And I told him, I said, man, I was watching the news. It was this week. I don't know, Sister Paul, if you were there when I, we were talking about this. And it was a senator, and I believe she was from Arizona, and I don't even know her name. But I was watching, and the question was asked to her. It's like, she, she's, been, she's been one of those senators that has been fighting for right and trying to stop the wrong and stop the corruption that's going on. And they asked her, and said, how are you able to keep up with this fight, like when there's like so few of you? And... I almost had revival in my living room with her answer. Well, first of all, I spend a lot of time speaking in tongues. Come on. I did a jig. I'm telling you, I was like, whoa! Did she just say that? Yeah, I spend a lot of time in prayer. She, but she, first thing she said, yeah, I spend a lot of time speaking in tongues. In prayer. Listen. God's people need to rise up just like her, and we need more people like her that are God-fearing people, Holy Spirit-filled people going in and becoming our mayors, becoming our governors, becoming our president. Listen, this is what, listen, it can happen. Through Christ, it can happen. He's called us to be, and listen, at one time, and this is the truth, at one time, if you are running for president, you better say that you're a Christian. Because if you didn't, it automatically eliminates you. Now, some of those guys said they were Christians, and they were. But you see, that's the power that God's people had. All through those years, if they didn't come out that they were believing Christian, then their, their race was over. It's not like that anymore. 
God's calling us to be conquerors through every avenue. Now, listen, this is where we were, but this is what's happened over the last three or four decades. Come on over here. You know what? Your views are just, they're old. They're, we're, we're going a new way, a new direction. So I need you to listen. Hey, all good and everything, but you know what? We don't really want to follow that. So will you guys come on over here. Come on over here. Yeah, you know what? Hey, come on right over here. I want you guys to stand right here, okay? And just stay over there. Just stay over there, all right? Now listen, don't you dare say anything that's politically incorrect. You hear me? Because we'll come after you. We'll come after you. You understand me? You guys stay right there. I'm sorry. I, did, I know I'm intimidating you right now, Keenan. I'm sorry. And, <laughs> you just stay right there. And here's the bad thing. We followed their directions. You guys can have a seat. Because, yeah, give him a hand. So listen, at one time, we had influence. But now, I mean, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something really tough. Is that okay, Sister Paul, the pastor's not here? Yeah, uh, yeah, you're the boss now. You're the boss. Since it's past. Yes, she's vice president. So... All right, so instead of being through the whole culture, being conquerors, influencers, we've huddled up in our churches waiting for the coming of Christ and hoping that we just survive. Let's just huddle up and just... I hope he comes soon. (laughs) I hope he comes soon, too, because I want to go to heaven. But there is nowhere in the word of God, nowhere in the word of God that teaches us that we are to go find ourselves a little corner and wait for the kingdom of God. He has called us through every step to be conquerors in this world, to be influencers in this world. Until the day he comes. Not to sit back and wait. We've got to wake up. We've got to wake up. Second one is this. Is the enemy. God has called us. Listen. I, I read no, no demon. Nothing. Nothing. God has called us to, to conquer the enemy. Listen. The enemy all around sets traps. All around us, he puts traps. He's doing everything he can to get us to fall into traps. He's doing anything he can to, now listen, the Bible says, and I want you guys to be clear about this. The Bible says we don't fight against flesh and blood. Now, there's times when he uses flesh and the enemy will use people to to bring intimidation to do this. But it's not them we're fighting against, it's the spirit behind them. And we've got to understand this and know that we have authority over any plans of the enemy. Any plans for our life 
for our community, for our country, for our world. We have authority of them over Jesus. And he has no way or no power, no authority to stand against Christ who lives in us. Zero. Zero. None. We have allowed him and given him a way into our lives, into our society. We've allowed him, given him, knowing when God's saying all along, I've called you to conquer him. He's already been conquered. He's already been conquered. I've called you to conquer him. Conquer the plans to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his plans, but that is not the plan of God. God's plan is 100% opposite. Do you notice that the enemy is a copycatter? He copies everything except to the opposite. He copies everything because he has no creative power in him. So he just has to copy what he sees. Listen, God has called us to be a church that has authority over the enemy, the principalities, the demons. He has called us, and we have authority over them. We've got to begin to step up once again, to step up our prayer, to step up are battling, saying, God, I will not allow the enemy in the name of Jesus. You get your hand off of Marion. You get your hand off of Marion High School in the name of Jesus. All those spirits of violence that are in that place, you go in the name of Jesus. You go. We need to step up and fight. We have authority over the enemy. He has nothing. Zero. Nothing. I love, if you've ever read any of, I always say his name weird, but Smith Wigglesworth, I said it right that time. If you ever read any of his books, he was talking one time, just kind of testifying, and he was asleep, and he woke up, something woke him up, and he sat up, on be- up, sat up in bed, and Lucifer, Satan himself, was standing at the end of his bed. And he looked at him, he said, Oh, it's just you. And went back to bed. (laughs) That's somebody that understands that as God's people, we have authority over the enemy. And once again, we need to build our faith and understand that we are called to be conquerors over society, over the world, over culture, over the enemy. We have to understand once again where God is calling us. Last one is this. Is God's called us to conquer our flesh. For a long time, some of you might have been in here, and you might have this thing, and, and man, I, I've had this battle. I've had this battle for so long. How am I ever, I, I don't think I can ever be free. I don't think I can ever be free. How many's ever had a battle 
sometimes that you just were wondering if you were ever, man, am I ever going to get through this battle? I'm raising my hand. I guess I'm the only one. Am I ever going to get through this? But I want you to know that through the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus brought us to a place of righteousness and holiness before God. And he says, be holy because I am holy. He would not have commanded that if it wasn't possible. He would not have commanded that if it wasn't possible. But through a relationship and through the blood of Jesus, we can live holy. We can live free from the flesh and addictions, pornography, lust. We can be free. We can be free. I want to tell you something. I just saw something. I just got to share this. Because on, on this, and you see the one with the scars. Many of our children have scars. Many of our children have scars. And at camp this year, a young man came, gave his heart to the Lord, and got radically saved. His arms were completely cut up. And at campfire after service that night, he stood up and shared what God has done and talked about. And he took his arm and showed all of the scars from years of slicing his arm. And showed them and says, man, I am free. I am free. And he says, I don't want to have to look at these. So that group gathered around and they start praying. On video, they record it. As from here all the way through. As they prayed and prayed and prayed. And over an hour's time, every last one of them disappeared on video. That happened Hartford City, Lake Placid, this summer. Listen, God enables us to conquer our flesh, to conquer sin. Now, what the enemy has done, the enemy, through a lot of different satanic messages that have made it into the church, he's wanted us to become friends and be comfortable with sin. But that's exactly what I said. He always does what's opposite. He's not creative at all. But God's called us to run, to stand out, to be holy. And God, through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, made a way through the spirit for us to conquer our flesh. Because if we live by the spirit... You guys know the rest? If we live by spirit, we conquer the flesh. If we live by the power, if we live as conquerors that Christ called us to be, then we will conquer our flesh. Many times, many times, people that don't engage into the kingdom work struggle with addictions and sin and different things. Because they're not fulfilling their true purpose. And when you're not fulfilling your true purpose, other things step in. But when we're engaged 
and moving forward in God's kingdom. And we're being conquerors and we're living according to the word of God. And we're living that holy and righteous life. Then that flesh is defeated. That flesh is defeated. I'm going to close. I know I've went a long time today. But I believe that God is crying out to this people, be the conquerors I made you to be. Be the conquerors I made you to be. Sister Paul, you can just come up, please. If you're in here today and uh, you're in this place and you can listen, the presence of God has been in this place. You can't deny it. You can't deny the presence of God that's been in this place through worship, the power of God. And you're sitting there and you can't deny it. You know it's true. And if you're in this place and you're saying, you know what? I want that. I'm ready to lose everything and follow Christ. I'm willing, up to give, I'm willing to give everything up and follow Jesus because I want what he has for me. I want what he has for me. If you're in here with everybody looking, if you're saying, I can't deny what I'm feeling right now, I want to tell you, Jesus Christ died for you, for your sins. He's calling you home. And if you're in this place, in front of everybody, and you're saying, you know what, that's me. I want that relationship with Christ. I'm ready to surrender everything. I'm ready to give everything to Christ and follow him. If that's you, just raise your hand. Thank you. Hallelujah. I'm ready. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to pray. You don't even have to close your eyes. You just repeat out. Everybody just in this room, repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you today, and I give you my life. I ask that your son, Jesus Christ, will live in me. God, forgive me of my sins but now I give you my life I give you my gifts my abilities all for your kingdom in Jesus name amen 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 today my prayer was that God would stir us. I know I've been stirred, that God would stir us. My prayer today that God would begin to plant seeds in the lives. Some of you right now might even be thinking, you know what, I could do this. I could run for school board. I can do this. I can stand up for Christ. I, 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 can, I, can, I can stand up. I don't care what they say. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care. I don't care what it costs me. 
I'm a conqueror in Christ. And through the blood and the love of Jesus, God is calling his people once again to stand up. To stand up and be the people that we are called to be. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you for your presence, Lord God. Thank you for the anointed worship, Lord God, that we experienced this morning, Lord. God, thank you for the call that you have on our life, Lord God. And God, I pray now, Lord God, that we will begin to stand up, Lord God, that we'll be able to fight the good fight, Lord God, to run the race and not grow weary, not give up, Lord God, but to to finish our race, Lord God, until you call us home, until you come and get us, Lord. Let us not be found, shrunk back. But Lord God, I pray, let us be prospering and conquering every area of our world and our life. And God, I know in your scripture that you teach that you take no pleasure in those who shrink back. But you say, we are not those who shrink back. But we are those, but we are those who have faith and prosper and conquer in this world. So I pray that, Lord God, over your people today. Let us be conquerors. Let us be conquerors. God, we thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you. God bless you. I love you guys.